You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope, where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. I invite you, if you have a Bible, to open to Matthew 7, or uh, look it up on your app. Matthew 7 is Jesus standing on this hillside by this lake or this sea of Galilee and uh, he's been teaching for a while he's gathered people from all over the place have come and gathered here from Jerusalem to the the ten cities and they've come from the Galilee they come from everywhere to to, to listen to Jesus teach on this on the side of this hill And, and Jesus has given them how to be blessed we call the Beatitudes he's told them the ways you can be blessed and it's not what you think it's about humility it's about serving it's about forgiving then he goes on and he's continued to teach and he's like you've heard the law says this but I'm telling you it's more about what's in your heart and what's in your heart is deeper than than keeping the letter of the law and he goes on and on and on and he gives them this is where we get the golden rule in this sermon on the mount do unto others as you would have them do unto you he gives them that that good word and he he gives them a lot of good teaching and and they're just hanging on every word even talks about a narrow gate and a wide gate and he's like, there's a wide, the wide gate to destruction, and it's a wide road, and it's like almost everybody seems to be on this wide road because it's so well traveled. But it leads to destruction. But there's this narrow road, and there's this narrow gate, and it leads to life. And he basically says, I'm, I'm the way, I'm the narrow road, I'm the narrow gate. And then Jesus gets kind of to the end, and that's what we're going to read this morning in uh, Matthew 7, verse 24. And he says, he's, he's given all this teaching. And then he says, he kind of he brings it all home. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. May the Lord help us with our understanding and application as we read further this morning. You can be seated, and uh, we're going to just kind of jump into this idea of rebuilding the temple. Um, We've been in this talk for a couple weeks now about the temple, and today we're talking about rebuilding the temple. Um, And put the Christian, there should be a picture up. Uh, there, about there it is. There's a picture. It's a depiction. This is not a real picture of when they rebuilt the temple, because that was before they had pictures. <laughs> but it's a, it's a representation of what it kind of might look like. The guys that were rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. This story is actually found in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah in the, in the Old Testament of the Scripture. They record this rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem that had been destroyed by the Babylonians. This Babylonian Empire had come in and destroyed the temple, destroyed all of Jerusalem. And now Ezra and Nehemiah kind of give the record of how this was kind of rebuilt. So they're facing, actually facing opposition of many enemies around the area of Judea where, the, where Jerusalem was. But even as they were facing opposition, they began to rebuild home walls around the city and rebuild the homes that they had there. And most importantly for the people, they began to rebuild the temple. And uh, part of that story is in Ezra chapter 3, verse 10. It says, when the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple. We're going to learn today that foundations are pretty important. The builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple. The priests put on their robes and took their places to blow their trumpets. 
and the Levites, the descendants of Asaph, clashed their cymbals to praise the Lord, just as King David prescribed. With praise, they, with praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. He is faithful. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. So there's, there's cymbals and there's trumpets and they got their robes on. I mean, I can just picture this, you know. These dudes put the robes on and they're swaying and the cymbals start clashing and the trumpets start playing and they start singing. He is so good. His faithful love endures forever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. But many of the older priests, Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. The others, however, were shouting with joy. The joyful shouting and the weeping mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard far into the distance. The enemies of the people in Jerusalem began starting trouble again. They began, they laid the foundation and they started then doing the work. And the rebuilding of the temple was now put on hold for several years. They had this big party celebration for the foundation, but then the rebuilding was on hold. So by this time, there is a different empire. The, the Persian Empire had overthrown the Babylonian Empire, and now the king of Persia was, in, was like the main world power. His name was Darius. Maybe King Darius from stories like Daniel in the lion's den. Um, this is the same king. He had made a search of these royal archives and found that it had been ruled many years before by the previous king of the Babylonians that the temple and all of Jerusalem was to be rebuilt. There was a royal order. And if this royal order wasn't fully completed, then it was his job as the king now, the world, the world leader, to go, okay, this is something that was decreed by a previous king, and it must come to pass. And so he sent out the word, this has got to be finished. So he sent them back to Jerusalem to finish building the Lord's temple. And he wasn't a believer of the Lord. He wasn't a Jewish, and the people that were rebuilding it were. But finally, the rebuilding of the temple was complete, and so they threw a party, another party. And you go over to Ezra chapter 6, and you find this party taking place. The temple was completed on March 12th. During the sixth year of King Darius's reign, the temple of God was then dedicated with great joy by the people of Israel, the priests and the Levites, and the rest of the people who had returned from exile. During the dedication ceremony for the temple of God, 100 young bulls, 200 rams, and 400 male lambs were sacrificed, and 12 male goats were presented as sin offerings for the 12 tribes of Israel. Then the priests and Levites were divided into their various divisions to serve at the temple of God in Jerusalem as prescribed in the book of Moses. So they finally built, rebuilt the temple. It was completely done, and they threw a barbecue. And it was in God's honor. It was, it was not just a barbecue to have a feast. It was there, there was sacrifice that took place to honor God. But the key was the foundation. The foundation is key. So when it comes to our lives, this is where I want to kind of make that turn. The foundation is key when it comes to our lives. What are some things that people build their lives on today? You guys got to help me right here because the other guys went to get a drink. <laughs> what are some things that people build their lives on? How much, job. Yeah. How much money you got, your job. Anything else? Uh, your wife. Your wife, yeah, your family. Kids. Definitely. You can build it on your wife, your kids. You can make that your foundation for sure. A lot of people do. Um, there's lots of things um, in life that you can build your foundation of life on. And people do. So today we're wrapping up this series, but you know, the body is the temple or be the temple, uh, embracing that God dwells within us and what it means to live as the place where God dwells. What does that mean? So we're reminded of this verse we come back to every week, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? 
Jesus within you changes who you are and what you do and what you want to do. Which leads us to today, Matthew chapter 7, these verses that wrap up the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to dig deeper into those, and we're actually going to go hit quite a few other passages of Scripture today uh, to kind of really help us bring home what it looks like to rebuild the temple, which is our lives. So here's the big idea. The journey of following Jesus is a process of rebuilding your life on a new foundation. That's what it is, following Jesus. It's a process. It's not a one-time thing. That's why I don't like the word saved. I mean, I'm not against saying I got saved at camp or I got saved on this particular day. Um, that's just the language you use. But it sounds like it's already done. Like, it's, it, like it is done. Jesus did it. That, that's taken place. The salvation has taken place. But it's still a process. It's a relationship. So it's being done as we travel with Jesus. So, so we are in this process of rebuilding your life on this new foundation. And if you have a copy of the weekly, the new foundation, I put in caps because that represents Jesus here at Awaken Church. So the first thought about this is it's something I've seen on a lot, of, a lot of signs. I've heard this used a lot by real estate folks. Location, location, location. Where you decide to build matters. Where you build matters. So location is key. Put up, there should be a picture of a leaning tower Okay, well, yeah. don't tell me it's not when it's there. Okay, so it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and then the Leaning Tower of Pisa. So here's this, this historical thing, and I, one of these days I'd like to go see it in person, but it's in Italy, so that probably ain't going to happen. Um, if I go anywhere, I want to go somewhere tropical, so art of Mexico. I don't know. Bora, uh, but, but <laughs> you what? Bora Bora. Bora Bora, the Leaning Tower. They don't have one of those in Bora Bora that I know of. But so the Leaning Tower, it's a famous landmark. It's built in 1174. Think about that. This is 2019. 1174 is when this building was built by an Italian architect named Bonanno Pisano. And it's a freestanding bell tower for a cathedral. Like, you see cathedrals with bell towers. This one's a freestanding bell tower, and it's eight stories. That's 185 feet tall. The problem with the Leaning Tower in Pisa is that the soil composition, it's made of sand, shells, and clay. That's the soil they decided to build the foundation on uh, for this tower. It took 176 years to build this tower. Think about back in the day, 11, uh, 1174, they didn't have the same kind of construction techniques we do today. So it took them 176 years to build it, and nothing that they ever been able to try could fix the problem of the leaning tower because the problem is in the sandy, found, uh, sandy soil that they built the foundation on. So it's over 800 years old, and it leans 18 feet away from where it should. That's a problem. And experts agree... One day it's going to fall. Now, it's been there 176 years. At this point, you're like, eh, it's a, it's a landmark. It's going to be that way forever. But the experts agree one day it will fall. What do you do when you feel like the ground is giving way beneath your feet? Like maybe your, your life begins to feel like that leaning tower of Pisa, like the ground beneath your feet is just starting to shift away. Um, anybody have a, have a thought? What do you do when the ground begins to kind of like be like quicksand in your life? Grab anything you can and hold on. Grab anything you can and hold on. That's how serious it gets, right? Anything else? Shout for help. Shout out for help. Yeah. 
Shout out for help. Grab whatever you can. So Jesus says here in this, this sermon we looked at the very end of today, verse 26, anyone who hears these teachings of mine and doesn't follow them is foolish. It's foolish. He uses this, this analogy of the sandy foundation. And the Greek word here that is for, translates as foolish in English because it's written in Greek. That's why it's important to know the Greek word sometimes uh, is morose. Morose literally means absurdly dull. Like not just like, like oh, he's just kind of dull, but absurdly dull. That's literally. Now, figuratively, it would mean like blockhead. Have you ever heard somebody called block, like Charlie Brown? You're such a blockhead, Charlie Brown. That's what the word morose means, like a blockhead. So if your head is like a stone, a solid rock, Jesus says, then you tend to build your foundation of your life on sand. Your head's like the rock, but you build your foundation of your life on the sand. So what's interesting here is the location where Jesus is giving this sermon. Again, he's surrounded by these people from every imaginable walk of life. He's gathered on this hillside near the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Galilee. And people from all over this region are there, and they all are familiar with building along the waterfront. They all are familiar with what it's like to build along the edge of water. Waterfront property is premium, usually because of the view. I just think of, I've always wanted to be like, and I want to live on the lake. Or It'd be great to have a beach house. Location, location, location. That's what it's all about. And I love the ocean and I love the beach. And, and an oceanfront house sounds amazing to me. But you don't just go right out on the sand and start building a house. Right? Jesus says you've got to dig down to the bedrock. You've got to dig down to the bedrock. Building your life on the sand means you may listen to Jesus, but you don't apply it to your life. Too often we get in this mood of like, well, this story is about people who don't believe in Jesus and people who do believe in Jesus. Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's not about not believing in me. This is not, anyway, this particular story. It's about you listen to my teachings, but you don't apply it. That's the sand. You heard it. You hear it, but you don't apply it. With Jesus, there is no middle-of-the-roadism. You either follow him or you ignore him. I have this conversation all the time about, well, they say they're a Christian, but they don't really seem to act like it. Well, Jesus says they're listening. They hear the word, but they're not applying it. It's a foolish builder to do something like that. I've learned, and I'm still learning this, actually, anything, and I'm talking about anything other than Jesus as the foundation of your life is actually like the shifting sand, anything. And I found that I can't build my life on my family. I can't build my life on my job. I can't build my life on money and finances or 401k or retirement. I can't build my life on politics. I can't build my life on religion. And I can't build my life on myself. I've tried most, some, most of those. And it just, it's like that leaning tower. Like stuff starts to give way. Anything other than Jesus and his teachings is like that shifting sand. So, Storms are going to come. That's like that's what Jesus points out here. The storms are going to come. You know they're going to come, right? Think about your life. It's been a good week, but storms are going to come. We know about storms in our in our culture for sure. You don't want to build a temple, this temple, on sand. Jesus says that failure to build your house or your temple on His Word leads to a great fall, a mighty crash. So the house built on sand doesn't just lean the wrong way for a lifetime and then ends up being okay after all. That's kind of culturally relevant to where we are right now. Like, I build my house on this, and I'm just kind of leaning. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm leaning the wrong way for my life, but I'll be okay in the end. Jesus says, no, it's going to be a mighty crash is what's going to happen. That's what you're headed for because the, the foundation is what matters. So here's the tough thing, and it's kind of scary. The house... The, he talks about two houses. They looked exactly the same. 
before the storm hits. Before the storm hits, they both look safe. They both look secure. They both look good. But Jesus says the difference is the foundation. The foundation matters. If it's built on my word, he says, it's going to stand. But if it's not, you're like a foolish builder. It's going to be just like building a house on sand. Like building, you're the temple, your body is the temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. It's like building that on sand. Do you want that temple to sink or be crashed or to fall with a mighty crash? Another place in the scripture that helps us understand this even more is 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. And this is from the message paraphrase. It puts it this way. Here's how we can be sure that we know God in the right way. Keep his commandments. If someone claims, I know him well, but doesn't keep his commandments, he's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match his words. But the one who keeps God's word is the person in whom we see God's mature love. This is the only way to be sure we're in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life Jesus lived. This week I have a good friend who lives on the West Coast, and he posted all these names he was called because he was at some event. And these were people that he had used to go to church with who would say, they would say, we're Christians. And they were shouting these very derogatory names at him because he was at this, this place. And he was showing support to some, some friends. And because he was, this was happening, he was like, you know, I know they're my Christian brothers. But, and I'm like, this verse right here says they are liars. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life Jesus lived. And I'm like, I can't buy that. I don't want to, I mean, I'm trying to be as nice as possible, and I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes or, or come down on people. If they say they identify as a Christian, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But when they start hating and start throwing out words that have nothing to do with the love of Christ, it's obvious that they haven't read this, they don't understand this, or they have, and Jesus would say that they're not living it, so their house is going to crash. So that they're on, they're on sand. So the journey of following Jesus is the process of rebuilding your life on the new foundation. And so location, 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 where you build matters. But you've got to learn to use the blueprint. That's the next thing. I mean, that's the, 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 one of the main things that we, we need to do as followers of Christ is learn to use the blueprint. I've got in my possession some stuff I have no idea what it is. Over the years, this is cool. Today is uh, Shelly and my 29th anniversary. We've been married 29 years today. Thank you, thank you very much. She put up with me that long. Five for her. She put up with me that long. Um, trust me, neither one of us are perfect, but she's much easier to put up with than I am. <laughs> but over the years, I've put together cabinets and curios and uh, TV stands and, uh, and bookcases and and, and, and since 22 years since we've had, started having kids, toys of all kinds that come that especially grandparents give you these toys and they're these big monstrosity boxes that some assembly required. Yeah, right. A lot of assembly required. And I've learned over the years to follow the blueprint, like to get the instructions out, look at the instructions and do it like step by step by step, follow the instructions. I didn't always do that. Because when I first got married, I was like probably, I don't know, say every guy, because there's only guys today, and I want to beat up on the guys. But, but like a lot of us, I'm just like, oh, a cabinet. I see all the pieces, all the parts. I just start putting it together. Well, over the years, I've got leftover stuff. There are parts that went to something I put together some years ago. And then after I got it put together, there was still like a package left. of Here's a whole bunch of bolts and stuff. And I'm like... Where does this go? It's and I'm like, well, 
we'll figure it out later, I guess. And I still have these. It's like you, you shouldn't have, if you're following the blueprint and the instructions, you're given the tools that you need and there shouldn't be leftovers. I mean, that's just a, a general rule that we come to. Um, yeah, you skipped a step, yeah. You skipped a step. What happens in life, though? I mean, when it comes to life, do you tend to follow the blueprint and get the instructions, or you just make it up as you go along? Because I get the feeling a lot of us, even when it comes to our, our, our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus, we're just kind of making it up as we go along. And there is a blueprint. I mean, Jesus, he says, this is it. He says, I've been talking. And for us, it's, it wasn't written. Originally, it was just Jesus taught and Matthew wrote it down. But Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is like, here's your blueprint, basically. You need a blueprint. It's this. And he gives it to us. Jesus says, anyone who hears my teaching and follows it is wise. He wants people to not just hear his word and applaud. That's a good word, Jesus. Oh, I, I like Jesus. He's all about he's all about love and acceptance. Yep, absolutely. Treat others the way you want to be treated. That's right. I'm, I'm all about Jesus, man. He's he's also, I'm a fan. Jesus has a lot of fans. He needs more followers. Here's the thing: Jesus doesn't want us to hear his word and applaud. He wants people to to do what the word says. He gives. We are wise to not simply hear God's word, but to live by it. When he says you're like the wise builder, that's what he's getting at. He's like, you, you are wise if you don't just hear this word, but if you live by it. That's what wise is. That's a way to be a wise builder of this temple. James 1.22 says, Don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. You have to act on what you hear. You have to act on what you hear. So the wise builder... Builds his house on Jesus said the solid rock. Y'all ever heard that song like Sunday school? The wise man built his house upon the rock, right? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Um, but the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. In both cases, the rains come tumbling down. Rains come down and the floods came up. Now the house on the rock stood firm. The house on the sand went crash or splat, depending on whose house you're in. They go splat in my house. Um, so basically, he's like, the house has got to be built on this solid Rock and the word back to the Greek it was originally written in that written in that's um that translates as wise is the word phronimos. Phronimos. And phronimos means to have a discerning character. Um it indicates somebody who who, who exhibits a practical skill. It means you're a wise builder, you have a practical skill. Obviously, you've been an apprentice of a master. That's what it gets at. A wise builder is someone who's been an apprentice of a master builder. In the time of Jesus, in this area of the world, today we call it Palestine. This is the area of the world this, is take, this took place in. Violent storms would come up. Violent storms would just come in. And, well, we're, we're used to those, right? We know about violent storms that come up in the middle of the night or the middle of the day and, and rain and wind pounds against your house. We know about those. The Jordan River in the Sea of Galilee would swell and would flood. We know about that too. How many times do I get a flash flood warning this time of year? Quite often. So we know about these flash flood, flood warnings that happen and, and, the, and the hail that would, and that would come and beat against the house. Now the building materials were really different. The building materials they had then weren't anything like the ones we have today. So one storm could wipe out completely a poorly constructed house. But it was easier to build on a sandy surface than to dig down deep enough to where the bedrock was. Jesus says you have to build on the bedrock. He doesn't say 
you go find a rocky place to build. He says you dig down underneath the surface of the sand to find the bedrock to build on. He says it's easier to listen to his teachings and be a good person than to truly obey him and live as an apprentice who follows the blueprint. Is the only way to have a solid foundation is to dig deep. That's it. The only way we can have this solid foundation for us, we are the temple. We got to dig deep and build on that foundation. That is Jesus, is his teachings. Back to, to James again, this, this letter or book that's in the, in the New Testament, James 2, 14. This is a little bit of a uh, lengthy passage, but I think it's important to get here to understand what it means for us to dig deep. He says, Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that the person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing as much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? That's just crazy, right? You think about it? You have a friend who's like, they barely have, they, they're in their underwear, and they're obviously hungry and thirsty, and you're like, you know, be clothed in Christ and the Holy Spirit. Have a good day. Hope it works out. We wouldn't do that. We'd be like, bro, let me get you some clothes. Let me, you know, do you need something to drink? Do you want a cup of soup? I don't know. Gumbo. Do you need something? And so he goes and says, you, you don't do that. What does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith, fit together, hand in glove. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe complacently, sitting back, sitting, you, you complacently sitting back as if you've done something wonderful? That's just great. Demons do that, but what good does it do them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? The storm's going to come. It's going to happen. But if you've done the work to dig deep and build your foundation on Jesus, then your house is going to stand. Your house is going to stand. How do you have joy? How do you have hope? How do you have peace in these storms of life? I'm talking about stuff like Derek and his family's going through today. His 32-year-old cousins passed away. A man with a family passed away. I don't know the details. I don't know like what, what happened. But I do know this is a storm for that family. It's a storm. Is their house, is your house going to stand? It's one thing to sing these songs of faith we sing, and, and it's another thing to live these songs of faith. Sometimes we talk about worship as a lifestyle. Zach and I have talked about that a few times. It's like it's not just singing these songs, but it's living the, the word, living the, on the foundation that Jesus gives us. Because it's when you're tired, it's when you're weak, it's when you're, it's when you're ready to give up. It's when I'm like I've had it up to here with whatever. And it's at that moment this word kicks in. That's because you have the foundation. You've done the work to dig deep and, and you build on that foundation. That's when it kicks in. When you build your life on Jesus, some great things happen. Two great things that particularly, real quick, I'll give us. This will kind of wrap us up this morning. When you build your life on Jesus, one great thing that happens is, is endurance. You, have, you build great endurance. Jesus says the house built on solid rock will endure. Now, this past week, I told y'all I was uh, at 
uh, the fourth and fifth grade camp. And my job at camp was I was basically Coach Steve, and I ran ball games in the field every afternoon for one hour for three different groups. So three hours with a 15-minute break. So for about four hours, I'm out in the afternoon heat on the ball field. So what I did for two weeks before camp was I took a break in my afternoon, and instead of doing my workout that's about 45 minutes to an hour in the morning, I did it in the afternoon for two weeks to build not just workout, but to build endurance of being out in the heat. And I'm so glad I did because it was hot and nasty out there. And I wasn't doing like hard workout, but I was definitely playing ball with kids for an hour, take a break for 15 minutes and another hour, break another. So I was so glad to have built that endurance. We have to do that because so, we can't be surprised when stuff comes up. It's going to come up. Storms are difficult and they're painful, but we don't give up. Jesus builds endurance to stand strong, great endurance. Another thing that happens when you build your life according to Jesus is there's great reward. There's great reward. Jesus says, great is the reward of those who build their lives on him. Now, people sometimes take this and go all over the place with it. Great is the reward. Just trust God. And here's, here's your reward. And they talk about everything from uh, I'll fly away one day to heaven, that being a reward. And that's a, that's a good reward. Or they talk about things like watches and cars and airplanes and homes and bank accounts and they talk about those kind of things Jesus is talking about the reward that's peace in the midst of life storms that's the reward he's talking about joy in difficult moments he's talking about when you feel like I'm just barely hanging on he gives you hope that's the reward there's hope you're just barely hanging on and he's like I, I'm with you you're barely hanging on but you're barely hanging on to me and I got you and I ain't letting go it's not letting go hang in there and that's a great reward. The other things, they might happen. You might be blessed with some financial things. I don't know. It happens. Had it happened to me yet, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I am a blessed man. Hopefully you'll be blessed with eternal life. We call it going to heaven. Eternal life with God. But your great reward is about now. and Peace and hope and joy in the midst of times when it's difficult to have those. The journey of following Jesus is a process of rebuilding your life on the new foundation. So what are, what are some next steps to take? Um, I'd say for, for all of us, the first step, if, if you haven't made the step, is make Jesus your foundation. Like really take this to heart. Be like, man, I want my life built on this solid rock Jesus talks about. Because the storms are going to come and I don't want to crash. I don't want a mighty crash. I may have to do some repairs, but I want the foundation of Jesus do that. And it was so awesome this week to see some fourth and fifth graders do this very thing. Like they weren't scared. Nobody scared them into getting saved. They just talked about power and strength that comes from God. And they said, I want to make Jesus my foundation. Maybe that's it. Or maybe it's you got that. Like I am, I am definitely walking this. I know Jesus is my foundation. But perhaps you still need to work on that blueprint part. Like the scripture of Jesus, you need to you need to like really get in the, study the blueprint more, apply the blueprint more instead of I'm just going to kind of do my own thing with it. Really get in there and stick to, make one of those two steps your next step. Lord, we love you today and thank you for um, being our God, for being our Savior, for being our Lord, for being our best friend, for being our Daddy. Thank you. Thank you for this, this wonderful Sermon on the Mount that we just, we just took a little piece of to, and, and it kind of wrapped up our, our series on how we are the temple of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit, 
where you dwell. But Lord, what a great way to, to re- wrap this up today, to reflect on the teachings of Jesus. Of The foundation is the key part. Lord, there was a great celebration in Ezra when the people laid the foundation. Lord, may we be able to celebrate building our lives on a great foundation. Your words, your teaching. Jesus, ultimately, we're building our lives on you. Not a, not a religion, not, a, not a, another person, you. And as we do this, Lord, we, can, we admit that we have times and we maybe we kind of look at some other things as possible foundations and we, we get off the track or off the course. Though we need your forgiveness for that. We repent and turn back and, and continue building on the foundation that's laid upon you and your word. And often we may come to you and we need to confess now that we have tried our own way without really consulting the blueprint of how to build on your, on your foundation. And so, Lord, we ask forgiveness for that. And we ask that Lord, our repentance would be that we would turn to your blueprint, your word, and build our lives upon that. That we would find that you are Jesus, you're the cornerstone. You're the solid rock. You are the foundation upon which we can build. And we can build because our hope is in nothing less than your blood, your righteousness. You're the solid rock. We want to build our lives on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.